Welcome back to Search the Scriptures. Great to be back again with all of our listeners, and it's wonderful to be able to get back into God's Word with all of you. How blessed we are to have this kind of freedom in our nation, but you know we ought to never take that for granted. In many parts of the world, this kind of ability to be on the radio waves openly, freely, teach God's Word without fear of anybody stepping in and saying, you know, you've got, you've got to stop that, or you're going to go to jail for teaching that, or, or maybe even worse— that's the way it is in some parts of the world, to one degree or another, but not here. But the devil is always active. The devil is always skillful, and he is determined to do what he can, as much as he can, to pull people away from God, away from belief in God, away from worshiping God openly and teaching his word openly. So we need to recognize what a blessing we have here in this land, and we ought to cherish that and take advantage of it as much as we can. It's interesting, what I've observed over many, many years, even decades, is that when somebody has an abundance of something, it could be money, it could be material possessions, or in this case, it could simply be the abundance of freedom that we enjoy commonly in this nation. We tend to take those kinds of things for granted. If we always have plenty of money, well, we just take it for granted. We always have plenty of money. If we always have a good job, we take it for granted. We'll always have a good job. If it's we've always got plenty of friends, well, we're always going to have plenty of friends. All the freedoms in this land, we don't even think about it that much. They're always going to be there. They always have been here. Well, but things can change, and history tells us that, and it's full of page after page after page of how things have changed for peoples, individuals, and nations over time. We need to take advantage of this opportunity that we can worship God freely and not squander it, but we need to come to God and follow him his way on a consistent basis. Here at Search the Scriptures, we try to do exactly what the name of the program suggests. We dig deep into God's Word. We peel the layers of the onion back, so to speak. We teach God's Word in depth and in detail, but we try to explain it in a way that is easy to understand and that makes sense for our daily lives. We want to help as many people as we can get to heaven. We're thankful that you want to learn more from God's Word. We encourage you to take advantage of that desire. Go to our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. Now, there's no charge for accessing our website, not the way we work. Click on the podcast button and sign up for our podcasting. Again, it is free. It always will be free. We want to help as many people as we can get to heaven. When you sign up for our podcasting, you can receive on your smart device, whether that's your smartphone or whatever other device you choose, you will receive Monday through Friday, Search the Scriptures, our daily radio program. It'll go automatically to your device. Again, it is free, always will be free. But you'll have a whole lot more study opportunities through what will automatically come to your smart device. Sunday morning Bible class, Wednesday night Bible class, all of our sermons, and a great daily seven-day-a-week short Bible study, only about 13 minutes or so long each day, called Today's Bible Class. It will keep you in God's Word. 
help keep you focused on your relationship with God, help you grow in your faith and stay strong in your faith because faith comes by hearing the word of God. And again, it'll always be there automatically, always be free. Tell everybody you can about the program and tell everybody you can about our website, churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. And those in the Omaha area, come and check us out in person at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ. Our church building is located at 3606 North 108th Street, 3606 North 108th Street. Bible classes begin on Sunday mornings at 930, followed by worship at 1030. Our Sunday evening worship begins at 6 o'clock for another period of Bible study and worship. And on Wednesday evenings at 6.30, we come back together for midweek Bible classes. You're welcome to any and all of these services. We'd love to meet you and get to know you and let you get uh, get to know us. We hope you'll take advantage of the opportunity. We're going to finish our study about self esteem. As I said in the beginning of this particular study, some people might be a little surprised at this particular subject as part of Bible study. But we're suffering in our nation, not just from a lack of self-esteem in the part of many people, but because of the standards of self-esteem that our cultural mindset is imposing upon people, or at least trying to impose. You know, for people who say, I'm not going to go along with this or that that is the popularity of the day in our culture. If I don't agree with it, I'm not going to buy into it. So that's fashion. Just recently I was watching, my wife and I were walking through a mall and and there was a young couple walking in front of us and the young man among that couple his pants were down, sliding down his backside to the point where you could see his underwear. My wife commented on that. Why would she want to be with that man, that young man, like that? If he's dressed like that, if that's, what he, if that's how he's wearing his pants, I said, that is slave to fashion. That young man thinks that's cool. That's the fashion of the day. I think it's becoming less and less the fashion, but it's been around for a number of years, a long number of years so far. And you still see young men purposely buying pants that fit around their underwear. And in some cases, you just see more than the underwear. And that's that's sad. Now, why is that again? It's the fashion of our culture for this time. That fashion began, my understanding, in prison. You want to walk around looking like a prisoner? You think that's cool to be looking like prisons, uh, uh, prisoners in jail? So where's our mindset? But that's just one example. We see fashions change every year, and we see people flock to the stores to buy new clothes that compliment or that give in to those fashions of that day. Spend a lot of money doing so. Why? Those of you who have been around long enough, do you remember bell-bottom pants? <laughs> do you remember, you know, uh, the, the short pants then that followed? Do you remember the great big wide ties that might have been three inches across at the base? Do you remember the tiny pencil ties that were so narrow, about the size of a pencil or so? 
You see, the fashions go back and forth, and the fashion designers, they keep changing them to get our money. But as a culture, we keep buying into that. Well, it's not just clothing. It's the way we act, the things we take part in. Why do you think drugs are so prevalent in our nation right now? Well, it's fashion. Listen to a whole lot of people who are taking part in doing drugs on a regular basis. Everybody's doing it. Same thing with alcohol and so on. Faddish fashion. Well, so how does that relate to self-esteem? Our cultural mindset in our country keeps telling a person, you have to conform to the fads, to the fashion, to the popularities of the day for you to have self-worth. If you want to really fit in, if you want to be liked, if you want to be successful, this is what you got to do. What a bunch of baloney. But we buy into it, don't we? Well, we've talked about the best source for good self-esteem. We could say for true self-esteem or real self-esteem. And it's not based upon what the culture of the day in any particular nation or even around the world says. That source is our relationship with God and Christ. That is the only true or meaningful source for real self-esteem, for meaningful self-esteem. It doesn't change with the fashion of the day, with the fads of the day, with the popularities of the day. It is always consistent. It is what God instructs us to be and how God instructs us to live. Now, we've talked about three different reasons why you ought to consider yourself worthy. And self-esteem basically is the principle of our own personal image of self-worth. That is about ourselves. We look in a mirror. We see an image there that comes back, well, a lot of people, they don't like what they see, so they try to change their image in some way. That's their physical image. But when we look at the mirror of our life and we see how we're living, that gives us a different image, and that is the image of self-worth. Now, some people, they base their image of self-worth on how they look physically. Got to wear the right clothes again. There's that faddish fashion mindset We've got to have the right kind of friends. We've got to work in the right kind of job. We've got to move in the right circles. We've got to have the right kind of education and so on. Well, those are all ways of the world. God wants us to live by his instructions, by his teachings, by his guidance. And he's got a home prepared for us that far surpasses anything we could possibly afford to buy on this earth. God made you special. That's the first reason that we've tried to emphasize for you to have a, an image of self-worth for yourself. You find self-esteem not in the ways of this world. They keep changing. They're here today, they're gone tomorrow, and sometimes they'll collapse before your very eyes, even while you're experiencing them. But God does not change. His love for us does not change. God created you special in his image, Genesis 1, 26 through 28. 
Genesis 5 and verse 1, Zechariah 12 and verse 1, Revelation 4 and verse 11, and we could go on and on. James 3 and verse 9, he created you in his similitude. That is by, according to his likeness. Now, in that we look like God physically? Well, no, God is spirit. We're physical in this world, in this life. But he, but he created us with a spiritual soul, a, spirit, a spiritual essence, and that is spiritual, and that goes on for eternity. God created us unique from everything he, else he created, every other life form, in that he created us in his image with a soul. So you are special. It doesn't matter whether you are looked at by people around you as being too tall or too short or too fat or too skinny, or you've got too much acne or your nose is a little crooked or your ears are sticking out or you haven't got much hair or you've got too much hair. Those are all worldly measurements, and they go on and on and on. But you're special because God created you with a soul. So that should give you a mighty sense of self-esteem. Second, we emphasized that God loves you so much that he sent his son, Jesus, the Christ, the Savior, to go to that cross and offer his physical body as the perfect one-time-for-all-time sacrifice to pay for the guilt of your sin. And again, you might say, uh, I've been too bad to be good. I've done horrible, despicable, terrible things. You don't know what I've done. And, and as I said, I don't know. But God does. He knows. And that is why he sent Jesus to the cross, to die for you. To die for you. For all of mankind, yes. But it's personal. For you. He sent Jesus to die for you. He knows what you've done. But he wants you to have the opportunity to be forgiven, to be redeemed, to be saved, to be with him forever in heaven. And then third, we emphasize that if you're letting him now, or if you will let him, God will continue to work on you. You can be a work in progress. You see, In Romans chapter 8, verses 28 and 29, we read this. We know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. For whom he foreknew, he foreknew all who would become Christians. That is the plan, not the man or the person individually. God is not prejudiced. He doesn't save some people and and reject others just because he's capricious in his nature. No, God wants everybody to be saved. The gospel is out there for everybody. Those whom he foreknew are those who would conform to and obey, come to him through his plan. But each one makes his own choice along that line. So for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. So God is still working on you if you're letting him. And if you have not led him to this point, if you will come to him through Jesus Christ, he will work on you to help you become that image of his son 
in your life upon this earth. Remember what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. To those who will follow him, he said, you're the salt of the earth. You season things because you're my followers. Now, let's make the, the application to us in our lives right now. True Christians, you're my, you're my followers. You are, are out there living your life as faithful, dedicated, consistent Christians, and that is a seasoning influence on a world that is engulfed in, lost in sin, corrupted by sinfulness. You make a difference just by your living that faithful, dedicated Christian lifestyle. He goes on to say, you're the light of the world. And let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. So you can make a difference. God can use you. He can help you to be that image, to be that light, to be that seasoning salt, to help other people see their need to change their lives and come to Christ, their Lord and Savior. So you're special because God created you in his image. You're special because God loves you so much that he sent his son to die for you. And you're special because God still wants to work on you and help you to become and remain what he wants you to be as his faithful, dedicated follower. You as you are, are special in God's eyes, and God loves you. It's up to you to make the decision to show your love for God by being obedient to him, by repenting of your sins, confessing your faith in Jesus as his son and your Lord and Savior, and being baptized into Christ so the blood that he shed on the cross can cleanse you of the guilt of your sins. And you can be made a new creation spiritually. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17, reborn, John 3, verses 3 through 5, made new. True self-esteem should be based on not what a person necessarily is, but on what he can be in Christ. Think about why you look down on yourself. And I know a lot of people have really low self-esteem. Why? Why do, you, why do you look down on yourself? Think about it. Analyze it. You say, well, I'm no good. I'm, no, I'm not good looking. I never, I've never amounted to anything. I don't accomplish anything. I, and you could go on with a list of negatives, I guess. But why do you look down on yourself? Why do you give in and surrender in all of those situations? In Romans chapter 9, And verses 20 and 21, we read this. But indeed, O man, who are you to reply against God? Will the thing formed say to him who formed it, why have you made me like this? Does not the potter have power over the clay from the same lump to make one vessel for honor and another for dishonor? God knew what he was doing when he created you. Now, you have to take the package that he presented to you and run with it. Use it to the best of your ability to serve him and give him glory. 
Again, in Romans chapter 8 and verse 31, what then shall we say to them, to, uh, to those things? If God is for us, who can be against us? You see, we buy into the criticism from other human beings around us or just society as a whole or our cultural mindset. And that's really the soul of a nation, the cultural mindset. We buy into what they dictate to us or at least try to dictate to us as to how to have a sense of self-worth. But you see, their standards keep changing, keep changing. But God's standard is consistent. God can use you as you are if you will come to him through Christ for forgiveness and salvation. Now, that does not mean that you don't have to repent of your sins. You do. That's part of coming to him. But he can use you as you are. Tall, short, fat, skinny, crooked nose, big ears, bald, hair coming out all over. Not even a high school diploma. Or he can use you if you have all kinds of degrees on your sleeve from graduate studies in college. He can use you as you are. You have influence with others as you are. I want us to think about the Apostle Paul and the situation that he was in. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul talked about some kind of physical problem in his life. He did not specify what it was. He just said it was a thorn in the flesh. So people have speculated as to what it might have been. You know, was there a physical uh, handicap of some kind? Some have suggested that it was perhaps a vision problem. It might have been a health issue that kept recurring. Uh, But we don't know. All that's just speculation. But he said there was a thorn in the flesh. And, and he said it was a messenger of Satan to buffet him, lest he be exalted above measure. Then Paul said concerning this thing, 2 Corinthians 12 and verse 8, concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. Paul was asking for healing or deliverance from whatever this physical problem was. Maybe it was a stuttering. Well, I mean, we don't know. And Paul said, he, that is the Lord, said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities, Paul said, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Now, now look, look at this again. He said, I prayed to God three times, prayed to the Lord three times that he would remove this thorn in the flesh, whatever it was, from me. And the response from the Lord? No, not going to remove it. Why? Because my grace is sufficient for you. I want you to understand. I can use you just as you are with whatever that thorn in the flesh is. My strength is made perfect in weakness, the Lord said. I can use your weakness and I can guide you and bless you to do mighty works in my name. People will see my strength through your weakness. You can reach people 
just as you are if you'll trust me and let me use you the way I want to. And so Paul said, therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Paul accepted the message. He even said, I rejoice. I take pleasure in, in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. In and of himself, by himself? Oh, no. Do you think Paul did not suffer? Do you think he, he did not experience hardship when he was beaten repeatedly in different ways? Of course he suffered. Of course he hurt. In Philippians chapter 4, beginning with verse 11, he said, Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. Hmm. I know how to be a base that is brought low, and I know how to ab- and I know how to abound. Everything going great, everywhere and in all things. I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. And the secret? It's not a secret. He said, "I can do all things through Christ, who strengthens me." There's the answer for you. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. We'd like to help you. Contact us. Let us. Come to your Lord if you have not yet. If you already have, trust him and let him use you. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for loving us and making the way for us to glorify you, to bring you glory through the works you have for us to do. Help us to not be taken in by the ways of the world as to our value, but to always rejoice in that you value us. Praise be to you. Please forgive us, gracious Father. In Jesus' name, amen.